0: Take off your pants. Unleash your true self. Real unicorns don't wear pants. Oh, hey, money-making unicorns. I got something for you today. Um, Today I brought you Allie. And if you guys haven't met Ali yet, um, well, you're in for a motherfucking treat today because Ali is one of my favorite clients. I know I'm not supposed to pick favorites, but I fucking do. (laughs) I'm also not supposed to pick favorite children, but my children always ask me, they're like, mom, which one's your favorite? And instead of being a good mom and telling them that I don't have a favorite, I say, I'll never tell. (laughs) So (laughs) Ali, so good to have you here today. Please, Ali, tell us who the fuck you are and why the fuck everyone should listen to you.
1: I am Allie Robinson. I am a personal trainer and running coach. And people should listen to me because I am willing to take action. And Nicole is always talking about like action takers get results Um, behind me on my desk, like literally have embodied that, um, you know, action takers really do get results results and I was the type of girl that barely passed high school with my 1.7 GPA. I never went to college. I never thought that I would be successful unless I married a rich man and you know I never thought that I could take something as silly and something as weird as liking to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go for runs. I never thought that I would be able to not only turn that into a career, but a business and to also help women all over the world. And it's all because, uh, you know, I would had the the courage to take action and find the people that could lead the way and show me, show me the way, show me the path.
0: Uh, I mean, Ali, your story is so cool because I mean, we we are all kind of of the mind, right? Where it's like fuck running, um, <laughs> it's like how people how people think about running for a lot of it. Um, and you took this and turned it into something in your life that really helped propel you as not just like a runner and fitness and all of the things, but like as a human, you took running and turned it into a mindset exercise um, that really helped you in a lot of different ways. And now you're helping other people to do the same thing and, and being in that space of, you know, really showing everybody how to kick ass and take names. And so it's great to have you here on the show today. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going on in your Facebook group, your business land. How's it going?
1: Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, Name of business is always growing and learning and pivoting and expanding, and so I've been pretty pretty good at growing my Facebook group to about seven thousand women. My group is weight loss for runners. I started it at the very beginning of the pandemic when uh, we were we were all lost and scared and gyms were shut down and people were just stuck at home with depression and kids. And, you know, I I opened up this group as a way to to help people find goals and to find themselves and to find a challenge during one of the most challenging times in our recent history. And uh, I've been able to grow that and expand that and help a lot of women inside of that group. But um, something new that's coming up is expanding into a podcast, you know, uh, I feel comfortable with Facebook groups and Facebook lives and getting behind a microphone and, and chatting should be something I'm used to, but already, but the tech and you know, how Googling how to start a podcast, you know, it's, it's scary, but you just got to keep pivoting and growing and expanding and finding new audiences. And that's where I'm at in my business is just kind of reaching out to, to new people. And like you said, you know, having that movement and movement only happens if you're willing to kind of create the
0: waves. Uh, I mean, you guys, something to take into consideration with Ali is like, you know, Ali came into the program and decided she made a choice. It was this kind of energy where she came in and she was like, you know what, I'm going to do this. I'm going to build the audience. I'm going to make offers. A lot of people kind of come in and they, they just kind of wait for things to happen to them. And that's not really how it works. If you want to be a leader, if you want to kick ass and take names, like that means that you gotta, you gotta make shit happen. You gotta make waves. You gotta be in the space of leading that pack. And sometimes that means taking a little, some fucking arrows in the back with that. Um, Ali, you grew your Facebook group pretty, pretty quickly. how the fuck did you do that? Why, why do people join your Facebook group?
1: So the biggest thing
0: is that um, I,
1: I tried to model after the people that were doing it better than me, right? Mm-hmm. Nicole, fun fact, Nicole and I started our Facebook groups on the same day. So when I started going into these entrepreneur groups, and I'm looking at how the hell do you grow a Facebook group, and I see Nicole dropping all these links and interacting with people in the DMs, I was like, oh, I can go do that. And so before I even met Nicole, before I even was inside of her programs, I was like, all right, I'm going to model that behavior. So I started going into these running groups and I started doing the same thing. I started talking to people, genuinely building connections, dropping my links. And I was like, oh shit, this actually freaking works. And that's what, you know, that's what kind of drew me into Nicole was because I started modeling her before I was ever even in her program and what she was doing started working for me. So I wanted to know what more goodness she had hidden within her programs and, you know, being able to, to be my authentic self because Nicole was being her authentic self allowed me to grow my Facebook group and grow connections and, um, really created the foundation for my business.
0: I mean, because you started in this way of really focusing on the monetization angle and starting your group, I think that that was a big contributing factor for you to be able to get clients the way that you did. Because, you know, a lot of people don't understand this. When they're going to build a Facebook group, well, one, they have no idea how to position it for monetization, right? They fuck that up in the beginning. And then two, like they have no idea how to create that momentum and to create that energy where people actually want to be there and they actually want to participate. It's like half the time you get these people in here and then they, they won't talk. But your group is Super active people are in that space. They want they want to see and be seen. They're not just interacting with you, but they're interacting with each other. Um, And creating that kind of vibe in there is something that is what communities are supposed to be like. Like, and I think that it was so weird because, like, you know, we started our our Facebook groups have the same birthday. Our little twinsy, our twinsy Facebook groups. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But you know, it was so weird because I didn't know to do it any other way, right? Like, I built everything that I built in Facebook land based off what I did in bars. And like in bars, you have to do it this way. You have to build connections. You have to actually fucking talk to people. And I thought it was so weird in Facebook land that it's like the whole, it's like literally called social media. And like, no one is talking to each other. They're like talking at each other saying things like, does that resonate with you? Like, bitch, is that how you talk in the grocery store? <laughs> like, It's so weird. And it's just like weird subculture thing. But I think that, you know, something that was so impactful um, in both of our groups was that we were just real people with real shit to say, yeah. you know? There's that three dimensional kind of angle that we're not just like this bobblehead fucking coach doing this shit. It's like, we, we are real people with real thoughts and real feelings and real, real life fucking experiences. So, I mean, when you built this out, I mean, you couldn't have known that it was gonna, it was gonna turn into this, right? So what did you think, when you were fucking doing this in the beginning, what did you think was gonna happen?
1: So, because I was doing it, you know, we we all lost our jobs, right? At the beginning of the (laughs) pandemic. I just was looking to, I was looking for something to fill the void in my heart because I wasn't working and I wasn't helping people and I couldn't go to my running meetups. I started my Facebook group and started my quote-unquote business to just feel that fill the void in my heart. Because as much as I love my son, I was not going to be stuck at home with him 24/7 <laughs> and be a stay-at-home mom. Like I, I need, um, I need that external kind of energy. Like I need to to have goals and passions and dreams and help people. And I started this group just to do that. Like I was like, if I could make some. Money that'd be fantastic because the stimulus check is not going to cut it, right? Uh, unemployment does not pay the bills, uh, so I was like hoping to make a couple dollars from it, but I never thought that when my job called me back and was like, Hey, we're opening again, I could be like, Hey, fuck off, I got my own business. Um, you know, that just felt so good because when I started it, I never thought that that was going to be possible. You know, they say, you know, entrepreneurs, you know, fail within a certain amount of years. And I'm like, well, three years later, I'm still here, bitch. (laughs) And so it feels so good that I took a passion, a really a passion project and ended up turning it into a career. And I never thought that was going to be possible for me.
0: The statistic on that is seriously like it's like 85%, like 85% of entrepreneurial businesses fail in the fucking first year. You believe that shit? I mean, I can because I've seen some people not work. (laughs) But it's a very interesting thing to three years later, after building a fucking business during covid, like literally in the middle of this shit to be able to create something successful and sustainable that you know is changing people's lives like tell us a little bit about your client results like because i i know you get hyped up on that shit
1: i mean one thing that i think is so incredible is seeing seeing the transformation right like i take a woman that comes to me and says ali i just want to lose weight i'm like all right cool but what are you going to do how like how are you going to challenge your body to create change? And they're like, well, I'll run a 5k. And I'm like, okay, cool. Let's get you to run a 5k. And then they start to believe in themselves. They set a, a shorter term goal. You can run a 5k in eight to 10 weeks. They, they set that goal for themselves and they achieved it. And you might be looking at a woman that hasn't achieved a goal for herself in many years. She might be kind of living on autopilot, taking care of her husband and kids and, you know, working a job that she kind of hates. And yet she sets a little goal for herself and she achieves it. And she says, well, what else can I do? What else can I achieve? Who can I become? So they do it five K. And then they are like, okay, well, let's try 10 K. And then they do a half marathon. And then suddenly they're flying to Miami to run the full Miami marathon with their favorite most supportive cheerleader coach Ally ever. And they get to cross that finish line and have this medal around their neck and they get a, an award, right? There is no award for doing laundry. There is no <laughs> award for sending 17 emails out to your audience. There is no award for working, you know, 90 hours a week. But you can do something really hard that only 1% of the world has ever even attempted. And you can get a medal around your neck to prove that you are willing to do hard things and you are willing to do whatever it takes to cross finish lines. And that is one of the most impactful and powerful things I have ever been able to see and my clients is, is not just getting them to the finish line, but seeing the transformation along the way, seeing who they truly become. This is a woman that came to me because she wanted to lose 20 pounds. Not only did she lose those 20 pounds, but she gained a whole new perspective on life, a whole new set of you know, skill sets and a confidence, and that just empowered so many other aspects of who she is. And that's what kind of gets me all pumped up and excited about what I really do.
0: You know, I mean, it kind of brings to mind that whole concept of the way you do one thing is the way you do all things, right? Is that there's this ripple that happens when you become the kind of person that can fucking achieve shit and do shit that, uh, that literally 99% of the population can't and won't fucking do. It changes the way you think and feel about yourself and yeah I mean losing the weight is fucking awesome like we'll all take it 20 pounds fuck off we'll take it right but it's also this feeling of achievement inside of us that creates this kind of the the done board energy right it's like it's like I check it off the list and it's like I did this fucking thing and that helps us to believe that we can do the next thing and the thing after that and that's really the movement I mean you have this movement in your brand that's happening but that's really coming from the inside out from you inside out but also each one of your clients as they take that leap, they invest in themselves. They believe in themselves. They fucking achieve, they overcome some hard ass shit along the way. And then they become the kind of person and it's identity building. I mean, really you guys, that's what the fuck running is. Running is identity building because it takes a certain kind of strength in those moments. Like when, when you think about running Allie and Nick, you get into that space where like, you know that like you're in the groove, whatever, but like there's a fatigue point that hits for everybody before the fucking finish line what's that thought process in your head that keeps you going when you when you want to fucking just say fuck it the thing that kind of
1: keeps me going is that that we have done hard things in our life we have survived the hardest moments of our life you know there is a moment when i was younger that i decided that i didn't want to be here anymore that i decided that i didn't want to live and i tried to quit on life Thank God it didn't work out. You know, thank goodness that I am still here, but I know what it feels like to quit and I will never quit again. You know, I hope that most of the listeners here have not had to experience a suicide attempt. I hope that most of them have never had to experience that, but they have experienced hard things, whether it is childbirth, whether it is going through a hard breakup, whether it is losing a job. We have all lived through hard things where we have wanted to give up or we even did give up. And once you know what it's like to give up, you also know that driver to never give up again. And I think that's the thing that keeps me going. It's if I can survive the hardest things that I've lived through, I sure as hell can live this race because I know how to take one more step forward. And that's all running a race is, is it's taking one more step. And that step might be really freaking hard to do, but you always can take one more step, whether that is running or in your business or, you know, whatever the situation is, you can take one more step. And that is my motto for everything is it's one more step.
0: I think it's such an important perspective to have, especially for those of us who have been down that suicide road and made it back because that was not all of us, right? Not all of us made it back. And for those of us that did, I think it's so important that we have these kind of conversations that a lot of people don't want to fucking talk about. They don't want to talk about the deep, dark, nasty stuff. They just want to talk about the fucking gold medal. But really what it takes to get the gold medal is getting through that place where you don't want to take one more step, where you want to quit, where your heart is pounding and you're sweating and you're like, fuck this. Why did I sign up for this shit, right? You have those moments of regret, (laughs) shaking your fist but you choose to keep going. You choose that continuation path. And I mean, it's such a beautiful metaphor when you think about running that race, right? In correlation to how life works. And I think that it's up to those of us who did make it back to be able to talk about this so that people that are hearing this, people that are listening, that may be in that space where they feel like they just can't take one more step in their life, know that it's not the answer. It really isn't like, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me in that space, it was this like running narrative in my brain all the time, right? That was like, I can't live like this anymore. I can't live like this. And I can't, I can't, I can't, I can't, like, constantly like saying that word over and over again can't, 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 can't. And it was constantly putting me into a state of anxiety and depression. And like, I just, I literally, I just didn't want to fucking suffer anymore. I was in so much pain all the time that like, I, That's what I meant by that, right? Of saying, I can't live like this anymore. I meant, I can't stand to be in pain any longer. And so when you're in, I don't know, I mean, teenage mind or, you know, or in, you know, pseudo teenage mind, because you started drinking when you were a teenager and never stopped, never, never actually started to grow up, (laughs) right? So you're in that mindset. You feel like there's not an alternative in the moment. You feel like there are two choices, right? Is to live and suffer or die and be free. And there's another choice, right? And I think that a lot of us just didn't grow up knowing that we weren't taught that. It was that we were told that life is hard and that you're gonna have to suffer and life's not fair. But there's also a lot of alternative here of what you can create in your life after the fact. And once you realize that giving up isn't the answer, you start creating different solutions. Yeah, because life is tough,
1: but so are you. And I think that's that's something that we all need to remember.
0: Yeah, I mean, and to remind each other of because there's days where <laughs> yes. there's, there's days where we forget, <laughs> right? It's like we forget that we're badass bitches, and that's why we need somebody else to to be there and say, you know fucking cheer your bitch ass on get back up there take one more fucking step and so you know when we're talking about running you guys we're not just talking about running a race we're not talking about a five fucking gay we're talking about this race that we call life and that we get to get up and keep going um even when life kicks us in the face even when bad shit happens um i mean it's a fact nobody gets out of life right we're all gonna die. And so that means that we're all going to experience loss. We're all going to be in a space where we're gonna lose somebody that we care about. um, And that's going to create that that level of grief, but grief is a race too. And being able to unpack those things along the way, um, it's a special skill set, and it takes a special kind of leader to be able to help people in that way. And running is just one modality where you can learn and train your brain, train your body, train your soul even, To be the kind of entity that takes one more step, it's super impactful. Allie, what do you, what do you attribute your success to just in like character? What do you, what do you got that nobody else has? I think that
1: my biggest thing is that I'm not, I'm not afraid to fail because I think I have that mentality of, I will get right back up and I will keep going, right? Like I cannot quit so i might as well keep going forward and keep making mistakes rather than just sitting in a in a puddle of defeat and i think that that i wish more people had that because more people would rather kind of sit in self-pity and sit in a pile of excuses and sit in self-doubt and self-hatred and You know, when you are willing to make mistakes and when you say, it's okay for me to make mistakes, then I think it opens up a whole new world of possibilities. Because we can make mistakes, but then next time we can make better mistakes. And that's the way to move forward. (laughs) Moving forward is not about making all the right moves, it's making (laughs) better mistakes next time.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that there's this idea in your head that you're somehow going to get to some level where you don't make mistakes. That's you guys, that's not a fucking thing. Okay. Like, there's no level in the game where you stop making mistakes. So you might as well just start fucking making them faster. Like, that's I mean, it's the fastest way to fucking learn is to make a fucking mistake, right? Is to allow yourself to to be okay after the fact and realize that you're just gonna have to do it again, anyways, right? Um, tell us about tell us about one of your favorite mistakes, Ali. Ooh. Favorite mistakes. (laughs) Usually, it's like you know, what's your favorite food, or what's what's your favorite fucking client? No, what? Where's your favorite fuck up? Mistake. So
1: (laughs) I think that the biggest like mistakes that I've had, um, we're we're really holding myself back. Like you know, of Mm -hmm. course, I have the silly mistakes of like. Recording an entire video and then never actually pushing record, right? Um, Or, you know, doing a Facebook Live and then suddenly somehow deleting that Facebook Live before... I don't even know. Before people have seen it, right? Sending out emails with links that don't work, right? (laughs) I think a lot of people... I've done that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Reading things that I've sent out and being like, what kind of drugs was I on? I don't do drugs, but seriously, I'm like who wrote this? Like who, who allowed me to push send on this? Nobody edited this for me. Um, you know, we could look at those mistakes and I could be like, Oh gosh, all of those were like embarrassing and set me back. But you know, the biggest mistakes that I ever made were the days that I didn't push go on a live or the days that I didn't push, you know, start or send on an email I'm like god I wish I could get those days back because I wasted those days and if I wouldn't have wasted those days where would I be today and so I would say that's that's my biggest mistake I could come up with a million you know actual things that I fucked up but I think the the things that I wish that I could take back were the days that I wallowed in self-doubt.
0: Yeah, I mean, we see a lot of people that are in that kind of space. I mean, in entrepreneur land, where they're in, they're in the weighing of the options, right? Should I do this or should I do that? And at the end of the day, by the time you decide which one you end up shoulding or shoulding not to do you could have fucking done them both <laughs> you could have fucking done them both i realized that very early in the game i mean i attribute a lot of my success to failing fast too um whereas instead of being in a space of saying like should i do this one or that one it was like i'm going to do both of these things and i'm also going to do this third idea that's going to come up later and whichever one fucking wins the race wins the race right like we're going to put all those puppies out there and figure out which one performs the best but people are so fucking cautious. They're so fucking in their heads about like, oh, what are other people gonna think? And how's it, you know, all the all this bullshit, the narrative of self-doubt that runs in our heads. And I'll tell you what other people are gonna think. Absolutely nothing about you because they're worried thinking about what other people are thinking about them. <laughs> they're not, they're not thinking about you. And once I realized that, there was so much fucking freedom in that space to just be able to make mistakes. So why are why are you so willing to fuck up? Because the worst that can happen is I die. Like literally,
1: <laughs> right? Yeah. The worst that can happen is death. And I've been there, done that, tried that. <laughs> and, you know, I still fucking am here. So, you know, what is the, what's the worst case scenario? Seriously, like when you think about like the worst case scenario, like so many clients, right? They want to do a marathon, but they're scared. And I'm like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Right? Right. Like you get lost? Okay, you have a GPS in your pocket. GPS yourself, you know, call yourself an Uber, right? You know, what's the worst that's gonna happen? Um, you know, oh, you you pass out? Okay, guess what? Most races have EMTs on staff, right? Someone will get you help. The worst that happens is you quit? Okay, guess what? Train harder next time,
0: right? <laughs> yeah, you just walk the, walk the last half of it. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> right. You know, there.
1: The worst case scenario is usually not as bad as we imagine it to be. You yeah. put out a live, and someone doesn't like you; they unfollow you. Oh well. There's a million other people out there.
0: Yeah. I mean, right. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the and, things that I tell I tell you guys all the fucking time. Right. Like, there are plenty of people on the face of the planet who already don't fucking like you. What's well, one more? <laughs> <laughs> they can go join the fucking I Hate Alley Club and it's totally fine, right? <laughs> yep. It gets to be okay. Um, you know, I think that the entrepreneurial thing is interesting and especially in being a mom, right. Of like saying, okay, I'm not going to do this nine to five thing anymore. I'm going to make this choice. I'm going to go be my own. I'm going to go be my own boss. I'm going to do these things that I, the way I want to do them. And I mean, there's a, there's a pretty significant jump, I think in like income to get from the place where of replacing your nine to five income and feeling safe to tell your job to fuck the fuck off and not come back to that. Um, What was that like for you to, I mean, you were kind of in the COVID thing, so you didn't have a choice, but like mindset wise in that, like what, what was really happening for you when you were in the building phase of saying, oh, I could do this shit for real and really not go back?
1: Yeah. Um, I, I struggled so much because I, I had this idea that I had to, to prove myself a little bit. Like I, almost had like a competition with like me and my partner right like he when I lost my job like he was paying all the bills right like you know I made my little income here and there every time I got a client but like it definitely wasn't paying our mortgage it definitely wasn't putting food on the table and I think like I had this competition of like I have always been a, a working member of this household and now I'm not. I like I had this idea that I had to I had to make as much money as him. I had to step up and provide. And I didn't know if I could do that on my own. And so I felt like I had to go back to my job. I felt like I I had to climb the nine to five ladder. I felt like that was the only way for me to be quote unquote successful was to make as much money as him and to have a career, you know, quote unquote of like nine to five corporate life. I thought that's what I had to do in order to be an equal in my marriage. Right. Yeah. And I am super blessed that I have an amazing partner. I don't know that I would have been able to break out of that mentality as much as I saw these incredible entrepreneurs, I didn't know if I was going to be able to break out of that mentality until my husband was like, babe, like you are kicking ass and doing your own thing. You know, I'm seeing these, these messages that these women are sending you about how you are changing their life. You think that how much money that you're bringing into this marriage is, is what makes you an equal, he goes, I, I create motorcycles for a living. You know, someone gives me a hundred thousand dollars and I produce them with one awesome motorcycle to ride around, right? Someone gives you money and invests in you and you absolutely change their whole life. And you are asking which one of us is more significant in the marriage. (laughs) You know, having him tell me that was just so incredible that it made me believe in myself. And it made me believe that the impact that I could have on women was so much more than being able to climb the corporate ladder. And that gave me the, the strength to quit, right? Yeah, I hadn't matched my salary yet, but you know what? A couple months later, I did, <laughs> right? Yeah. Because once I let go of having to do it a certain way, and I focused more on the income, or more, focused more on the inc- impact, more than the income, the money came, right? The clients came, but I had to get over that fear of going back to my nine to five or being as successful monetarily wise as my husband and then just focusing on being me and my impact and what I was capable of doing. That's what changed
0: it's so cool to like hear stories about great couples. Right. And like being in that kind of power couple thing. Um, you know, I had a similar thing with Daniel where like, I, I really don't believe that I would have been able to do this, um, without him because, because I needed that second voice in my ear. You know, I needed somebody in there and telling me like, what you're doing matters, like what you're doing matters. And this is going to work. And like he, he would, I would have the days, you know, where you're fucking failing everything and you made a million fucking mistakes and it'd just be a cry, like, crying pile of goo on the floor, right? And like, there was so much power in that connection for us. And also just like being able to reciprocate that on the other end, because after a while, like Daniel, we had flipped over, right? And so like Daniel started his business and he was a crying pile of goo on the floor. <laughs> you know, and he stuck it out. And now he's got, you know, a billionaire partner and like all like self-made billionaire as a fucking business partner. And he's doing all this fucking cool shit. Um, You know, it just goes to show that like a little bit of support can go a long way. And you know, that doesn't have to come from your spouse. It can come from your fucking best friend. It can come from your coach. It can come from, you know, your fucking sister, like, but having somebody alongside of you to remind you of who the fuck you are on the days that you forget is such a key component of fucking success, especially in entrepreneur land, because it, it can be lonely. If you set yourself up to be by yourself, don't do that shit. You want to be fucking successful in this game, get yourself into fucking, get yourself into rooms with other people who understand what the fuck you're going through and can cheer you on through the days of piled goo, because there will be those days. And those days don't go away. I mean, no matter what fucking level you get to, there's always going to be a new, a new level of pile of goo because there's going to be a new fucking challenge, right? That's where all the opportunities are. Um, Ali, tell us a little bit about what it's like to be able to work with you. How, how, do, how can people do this? If you are out there in runner land and you just want to fucking get your ass into a 5k, you want to change your life and more than just lose weight, but you want to be in that space of becoming the kind of fucking person, like how how do people work with you what is it what is it like so i always
1: joke that i i'm just a professional cheerleader right <laughs> because i can't i can't do the work for you of course i can give you the strategy right like i can write your workouts for you i can tell you how far you need to run but you have to do the work right And I think one of the biggest things about having a coach is that you aren't just hiring someone to tell you what to do. You are (laughs) hiring someone to be your advocate, right? So many of us women go through life being the advocates for everyone else, our spouses, our kids, you know, putting money into the the pockets of other people, right? Right. Like we are serving so many other people in our life that sometimes it feels so good to just have someone in your corner to give you that kind of support. And so when I joke that I'm a professional cheerleader, like that's, I'm not kidding, right? I am my clients' biggest fans. And that's what most of us need because the more I can believe in you, the more you can believe in yourself because I sure as hell am not gonna believe in you more than you can or can possibly believe in yourself, because I can tell you you're pretty all damn day. But until you believe it, you are never going to to see yourself through my eyes, right? I can tell you you can run a half marathon, but until you're willing to, you know, send or push send on that purchase ticket for your entry, and until you're willing to start day one, week one of a new training plan you were never gonna cross the finish line. So when people come work with me, they're getting the support that they need to believe in themselves and cross finish lines. You know, I love being able to to work online with women because I can work with women all over the world. You know, I don't believe in cookie cutter bullshit. So all of my programs are custom made to you right because we are not a one-size-fits-all society from our nutrition to the way that we need to strength train and move our bodies to the way that we need to work our schedules around our runs right because we're not boxing our lives into you know a tiny little hole we are making running fitting in with your lifestyle you get that when you come work with me and that is something that's so different than any other program, any other running coach, any other fitness coach in general is the amount of love and passion that I can put into each and every client and still have a business that is thriving while still being heart-centric to
0: my clients. It's an incredible movement to be a part of. I've watched your clients come through and kick ass and take names. And I love getting to read all of their testimonials and how much they fucking love you. Cause it's really fucking impressive. You have a different kind of special energy that sparks in and inspires people to believe in themselves and be the kind of, sometimes I even want to run. <laughs> it's impressive, Ali. It's impressive. So you guys got to go join the Facebook group, but also tell us a little bit about the podcast. Um, because your brand new podcast is popping up and coming out. So tell us all the things so that they can go check out your podcast and send you some love over there.
1: Yeah. So you guys, yes, come join me in the Weight Loss for Runners group. Um, it's a party in there. My podcast is coming out April 28th, which I don't know when this podcast is being released, but it may or may not already have uh, released. So April 28th, 20. 23, so you know, in case you're listening to this five years from now, um, it's called Something Wonderful. That's the name of my business, my brand. Uh, so, Something Wonderful on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, you can come uh, hang out with me and listen to more things about you know where you are in your journey, whether you you are running, walking, or just getting started. Uh, I have something for you to start unlocking your potential as an athlete because you are so much more than a mom, a wife, a sister. You know, you are you are uh, allowed to achieve things that you put your mind to. So you can come join me and see what you're made of.
0: I love it, I love it, I love it. All right, Allie, so you know the fucking drill. You have to tell people today, Because every time we come onto the podcast, we always have to tell people why they should fucking take off their pants and what the fuck that means to you. So tell us all the things.
1: Okay. Well, you guys, I am currently uh, like seven and a half months pregnant and uh, I sure as hell do not fit into my pants. So take off your pants because your pants can't be too tight if you're not wearing any.
0: I love it. I love it. Get out there, guys. Do all of the fucking unicorn things, and we will catch you later. For more trouble, go to realunicornsdontwearpants.com. Hit that subscribe button, and remember, hashtag fuckpants.